1: Amen, amen. Maybe we need to hear that good news this morning. The light has come into the world and the darkness, no matter how thick that darkness may seem, I don't know what it is that you might be walking through this morning, whatever that darkness may be and how deep that darkness may seem, the darkness has not, it will not, it cannot overcome the light. And we celebrate that good news Uh, This morning, this day after Christmas, this whole month, we've been talking about the good news. And what is the good news is that so God so much loved the world. He loved you and me that he gave his son, not because he had to, but because he wanted to. He gave his son that we could have new life, eternal life, a hope of heaven to do life with God forever and ever and ever. One day we're going to worship him because of what Jesus has done. And we've been asking the question through this whole month, what do you do when you get good news? You celebrate. And so we've been looking at some of the celebrations of people in the Christmas story, and interesting enough is that we see several of them, they celebrate in a way that they actually break out in song. And so we started this series, we looked at the Song of Mary. We looked at the song of Zechariah. We looked at the song of the angels. Uh, Last night, we looked at the song of Simeon. And we're going to wrap this series up together as we look at the song of the early church. I think maybe sometimes we don't realize, we don't think about that some of the pages of scripture are actually a reflection. It's the story of real people who were gathering in a real time in history, following Jesus together. They were gathering to worship as you and I worship. And just as we sang earlier together, the early church had songs that they would sing together in praise. And it was a proclamation of God's glory and goodness, but also of God's truth. And so we're gonna see something today that is both. It's a proclamation of God's goodness and glory, but also of his truth and it's good news. Now, here's what I know about the world that we live in in 2021, going into 2022, is that you don't have to look very far for bad news. All right? and, and I could uh, take a poll. We're not gonna do this, but we could. We could take a poll, poll of what news station you watch Uh, but what I know about whatever news station that you watch is that you get your fill of bad news, right? Bad news sells, uh, bad news draws listeners and watchers, and there's bad news everywhere. But I want you to know on December 26, 2021, there's still good news. And so I thought I'd just lift up some of the good news that we might need to focus on today. Did you know despite the struggles that we might be having here in the United States with uh, church and Christianity and, and whatever you wanna call that, uh, the, the nuns and people struggling, did you know that Christianity is still the number one religion around the world? And not only that, but the church in parts that we don't think about in the Middle East, uh, in Asia, in Africa, the church is growing rapidly. And people are being healed and miracles are happening daily and God is on the move. Did you know that globally, I know our focus has been around COVID and rightly so, and and there's a new surge and and we're watching all that, but did you know that there's some other uh, global killers that are actually on the decline, so much so that they're almost gone? Things like malaria and polio, which uh, have been rampant, not in the United States, but in other parts of the world, particularly third world countries, are in decline so much that they're almost gone. That's good news. Uh, I think it's good news that it, this year we've been kind of opened back up and we've been able to gather again for worship and we've been able to gather again as families and been able to gather again uh, for for fun and for sports and for all those things. I mean, that, that's good news. Did you know that even here at Getwell in our own community, there's some really good news. I mean, this year in 2021, we've seen some marriages restored and redeemed. Uh, we've seen children and adults give their life to Christ and be baptized. And we've got some baptisms coming up next month that we're super excited about. Uh, we've seen uh, people's finances restored. We've seen people find their calling and what Jesus is, is calling them to do. We've seen people healed, uh, sometimes miraculously here in our own congregation, there is good news to be celebrated. And here's why. It's because Jesus, who was active 2,000 years ago, is still active today. He is on the move. His work is still being done by the power of the Holy Spirit in and through the church and by the hand of God. Good news is still at work in our lives. And we can celebrate that here on December 26, 2021. We need to know that as we're heading into this new. New Year. And this good news that Jesus is on the move, that Jesus is at work, that Jesus is the answer for all the things that we're looking for. It's kind of like that that funny little church joke, right? Uh, The Sunday school teacher teaching a group of kindergartners and she asked, what's brown and fuzzy? It has a tail, eats nuts and lives in trees. And the little boy says, well, I know it sure sounds like a squirrel, but I'm pretty sure the answer is Jesus. (laughs) But in a real way, the answer to all the things that we're really looking for, it is Jesus. And this was the central theme and and what drove the early church and their life together and in their worship together. And I want us to look at a song today from Colossians chapter one, a song that Paul uses in this truth telling about who Jesus is, reminding the people of, of what this song is all about. And I believe this is a song that the early church would sing As they gathered together, so let's take a look. If you have your Bibles, Colossians chapter one, verse fifteen. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things. Have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This literally was a song of the early church. And here's the thing about music, about song. Songs have this power To speak a truth that in some ways really transcends the words that are spoken on the page. Has a way to move us, a way to speak to our heart and mind and soul. And song has a way of reminding us of timeless truths that we need to hold on to. And I think this is why Paul lifted up this familiar song for the early church. As he was reminding them of a timeless truth about who Jesus is and about who they are. And he brings this about, and really there's a couple of things that, Jesus, uh, that Paul is lifting up off the page. I think the first is that he's, he's speaking to two groups of people who are struggling with the identity of, of Jesus to tell them that Jesus has no competition There's no, like, close second. There's nobody on the tails of Jesus. There's no competition when it comes to Jesus. There was one group of people, a Jewish group, who were struggling of, is Jesus, you know, in in the line with the angels, is, what is that? There's a group of Gentiles who were like, are there heavenly powers and authorities and principalities? Is Jesus kind of tied into that? And Paul wants to say, no, for all things, heaven and earth, angels, principalities, all of it was made by him and for him. Zero competition. And the other thing that that Paul wants to lift up is not just that there's no competition with Jesus, but that he is the ruler and the creator of all things. He is God, God in the flesh. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a healer. He doesn't just have some kind of special uh, inspiration from God, a little more information than the rest of us. He is the divine presence of God. And Paul wants to drive home these two truths and really the foundation that he builds and what I want us to wrestle with today where really the take home for us is this. Paul says that Jesus is supreme. Now, we read from the NIV translation, and many of the translations will say that Jesus is the firstborn. It's the Greek here, the word supreme is the word "prototokos," and it can mean firstborn. But what I want us to understand is it's not firstborn in the sense of order. Uh, he's not the firstborn of, of all creation in that God made Jesus, and then he went about making everything else. No, this word firstborn, it it means more in the sense of he's first in rank, in power, and in rule. In other words, Jesus is all powerful, has all authority, has all lordship. He He is the ultimate and the only ruler. All things, Paul says, are made by him and for him and through him. And Paul wants to drive this home that we don't get to come a close second to Jesus and nothing in this world is a close second to Jesus. It is him and him alone, supreme over all things. That's this concept of the centrality that all things point to and are for the glory of God the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. And so he walks through and he kind of lays out some of the things about the supremacy of Jesus. Look at verse 15. He says the Son is the image of the invisible God. In other words, he says Jesus is God. Verse 16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, the everything in creation, the things that we know about, the things that we don't know about, angels in heaven and all of it were made by Jesus. Verse 17. He says, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And in other words, Jesus, every second of every day, every moment, every heartbeat, every breath is holding your life and mine together. And while he's at it, he's holding all the universe together. Verse 18, he says, and he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn among the dead. That Jesus is supreme over the church, meaning he is the priority of the church. He is our aim. He is our mission. He is our leader. He is all things that we do not exist without Jesus. We're not just another self-help group, another charity group, another group to help people. We come with the message, which is the good news that Jesus has come to overcome sin and death and that all who believe in him, him, trust in him, them, confess with their mouth, they will be saved. We, everything we do is about Jesus. And when we begin to miss that mark, we cease to be the church. And Go on, verse 20. He says, And through him, through Jesus, God comes to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven. In other words, Jesus is our redeemer. He is our only hope. He is the only one who can bring life. And all of this is placing Jesus at the center. He is supreme. And so I just want to walk through a couple of things, five things this morning of what that means for you and me, uh, what we can take into our new year, what we can look back on this old year and how we can reflect on it with Jesus being the supreme place of our life. So here's the first one. Jesus, Scripture tells us, is supreme as God He is God in the flesh. He's not just a prophet, not just a healer, not some just inspired human being. He is God in the flesh. The scripture teaches us that Jesus was fully God and fully man. Neither nature compromised. Not blended together, but this mystery of the nature of Jesus, fully God and fully man. And it was because he was a man that his offering of his life would be relevant to you and me. But it was only because he was God that that offering was enough. And we do well to remember that in Jesus, it is always enough. And see, I've discovered this problem of the American church over the last couple of years. As that we tend to reflect On God through the lens of our experiences and our problems. And I think what Jesus is calling us to do is to flip that around and make sense of our experiences and our problems based on the truth of who Jesus is. To understand who God is based on his revelation not based on our experiences and we can understand our experiences based on the revelation of God. And we can know that there is nothing too big for our God to overcome. There's nothing too big for Jesus to do in your life when we come to him and we surrender and say, Jesus, I need you. And we can know that there's nothing too small for Jesus to care about. And this is why the miracle of Christmas is so important that Jesus stepped into the world because he cares about us and he took on flesh that we could have a voice and have a face and have a life. To understand that this is my God who's come for me because He cares about me. And so what I want to encourage us to do as we look back and we look ahead, is to start reflecting on our experiences and problems based on who Jesus is. And we do a lot of praying, and we should, and we do a lot of thinking and a lot of talking about our problems, and we tell Jesus about our problems. And we need to, but what I would encourage us is start telling your problems about your Jesus and flip the lens of how we see the world. Jesus is supreme as God. I think we can also know that Jesus is supreme as the agent of creation. The agent of creation. Paul says that all things, heaven and earth, visible and invisible are made through him. Susanna read earlier that that Jesus was in the beginning, that all things came to be through him. And so there's a couple of things that we can understand. One is that Jesus brings life. He's the creator of life. And so if you want life in your world, invite Jesus in. I promise you this, friendships, marriages, relationships, jobs, everything is better with Jesus. There's more life in it with Jesus. And the second thing about this is that he makes things new. If you want a new start, if you want a a change, if you want a lasting change, it's not just some new year's resolution. If you want some real newness in your life, you need some Jesus in your life. And this is what it looks like for us is that we come to him, not with, here's what I'm gonna make you do or need you to do. It says, come to Jesus and just surrender. Whatever your agenda is, Jesus, that's what I need. And I'm going to, I have the list and I have the bullet points and I have the prayer requests, but for just a moment, I'm going to set that aside and just ask you, what is it you want to do in my life? And may we come into this new year with that kind of mindset of just surrender, submission, invitation. Christ, you be supreme. You create something that you know is good, that you know is right in my life. The third thing I want us to understand is that Jesus is supreme in love. I promise you this, nothing in all creation will ever separate you from the love of God. It doesn't matter what you're walking through, what you struggle with, uh, what uh, hidden sins you have or what doubts you're struggling with. There's nothing that will ever separate you from the love of God. And he is relentlessly pursuing you. Again, the miracle of Christmas is that God did not wait for us to come to him. He came to us, that we can know his love. But what we also need to understand, and maybe this is never more important in our lives than it is today, is that this is also true for the people around us. The talking heads on the TVs and news stations, the people yelling loud on social media, The people that you work with, the crazy cousin that maybe you saw over this last couple of days or you're about to see and they're going to bring up that political stuff again. Even for him, even for her, there's nothing in all creation that will separate us from the love of God. And we've never met, you've never met, I've never met a person that Jesus did not die for. And we would do well looking back and moving forward to treat people as if that's the truth. Do we treat people as if God really loves them, that Jesus is pursuing them? Not as an agenda, not as an argument to win, not as someone to to, to deal with for a few hours, but somebody who God dearly loves. Jesus is supreme as love. Number four, Jesus is supreme in redemption. That Jesus came so that the Father could reconcile all things to Himself through Him, through the blood of Jesus on the cross. That Jesus was our atonement, that He dealt with sin once and for all, that we could be redeemed, that we could have new life, that we could have hope, that we could have a relationship with God. And so, whatever you're walking through, it is not too big for God to redeem. And so what I want to encourage us as we move forward into this new year is to come humbly for sure, but to come boldly to God, knowing that he's welcoming us in. That when Jesus died on the cross, the curtain of the Holy of Holies was torn, meaning we can come fully into the presence of God. We're invited in. And so we can come to him and say, God, I've got this shame. I've got this fear. I've got this doubt. I've got this regret. But I'm still coming to you because in you there's redemption. I can't fix this on my own that Jesus, you come to do what I can't do. And so I'm bringing it to you. And I haven't got it worked out. But isn't that the point? So I'm bringing it to you so that you can work it out. And that we keep coming in prayer and we keep coming in prayer day after day after day. We fall down, we get up and we come back to him again and we keep boldly coming to Jesus. Take those weights off of your shoulders and say, Lord, I want you to do some redeeming in my life. Put the broken pieces back together in a more beautiful way. And we have this final hope that the redemption that Jesus brings is not just for today, but it's for forever because... Number five, Jesus is supreme in resurrection. It says he is the firstborn, not just meaning the, the first one, but he is the supreme in resurrection. That in the life and the resurrection of Jesus, we know this one truth that will never end. In Jesus, death never wins. In Jesus, Hope is never gone. In Jesus, it's never over till God wins. This, world, this last year may have been the worst year of your life. It may have been the best year of your life. But everything in your life is pointing to this one truth that Jesus wants to bring his resurrection into your life that one day every single one of us, unless Jesus comes again before this happens, our bodies are gonna give in and give up. And we're gonna leave this earthly place, but we can know that that's not the end and that this is not our home that there's eternity that we're longing for. We talked about this last night. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, Ecclesiastes has been placed in the human heart and we're longing for something greater than what we see around us. And in Jesus, we have that. This is not what it's all about. And so I just want us to reflect. We know this. I just want us to reflect for a moment. Is my mindset Are my emotions set on earthly things or eternal things? Are my decisions based on earthly things or eternal things? That doesn't mean that we don't enjoy earthly things and we don't grieve over earthly things, but it means that our focus is beyond that to eternity. And that we don't live for a blip on this grand scheme of forever. But that every heartbeat, every emotion, every thought, we just prayerfully and humbly say, God, would you give me an eternal mindset? Yeah, my schedule is delayed by this traffic or this, you know, my flight was delayed or, you know, that my my budget's a little out of whack or I had an argument with that person that I love or, you know, whatever, this disappointment happened. But I'm not going to be overwhelmed and overcome and stuck in that because my mind's on eternity. Or the flip is, man, everything is great right now, but I'm not going to worship my job or worship my spouse or worship my money or worship my house or worship my kids because those are earthly things created by God, for God, and my mindset's on eternity. Are we thinking that way, feeling that way? And so to to help us to to step into this new year, I want to lift up a couple of questions for us to think about. And I hope that you'll take these with you, talk about them in your family, pray about them, think about them over these next couple of weeks. But let me just lift up a couple of questions for us. Number one, how is Jesus showing his glory in my life? And what I'm going to ask you to do over these next couple of weeks is I want you to look back over this last year and ask the question, how has His glory shown up in my life? And how how do we know that? How has my thinking been transformed to be more in line with God's Word and His move in the world? How has my feeling been transformed? How have I been convicted of sin so that I can grow as a person? How has God changed my relationships? How has God redeemed me? What has God done in me that I can see coming through me that I know it's an evidence of God's work? And reflect on that and celebrate it. You may have gone this whole year without thinking about that and possibly gone this whole year without thanking God for what he's done in you. And if you're praying and you're, and you're reflecting and you can't come up with something, then that's an opportunity to say, Jesus, this is not where I wanna be. I, I wanna surrender to you to do some work in me. And here's the second question, is how do I point to his glory with my life? Jesus, I know you're at work in the circumstances and in the events of my life, the good and the bad. You're always moving it for my good and your glory. God, I know you're doing some work in me and and I want to fan the flame. God, I want to join with you going into 2022 and I want every part of my life to be for your glory. And we're going to talk about through the month of January some ways that we can join with God with what we call means of grace, things that God has given us to help us be in step with him. But it starts with this mindset that I don't want my life to be about my success or my comfort or my plans. I want it to be for your glory, God. Which means I may have to change some ways I make decisions or change some ways that I engage relationships. That that maybe loving is more important than being right sometimes. or, or, Or maybe waiting is more important than getting what I want right now. I need to change some things, God, but with your help because I want it to be for your glory. That is a decision you will never, ever regret. It's hard, but it's so full of life and fruit. So I, I hope that you'll wrestle with these questions. How is Jesus showing his glory in my life, my thinking, my feeling, my relationships, my circumstances, redeeming the bad, working through the good, all of it. And God, how can my life point to your glory this next year? some looking back, reflecting, some looking ahead, praying through what God might do. So if you'll stand, I'm going to pray this over us. And with these questions, the direction that I hope you'll take is twofold. is to pray, God speak to me, I need you to, to help me with this. I need you to see some of the hidden places in my life. And then dedication. God, I dedicate my life to you. I dedicate 2022 to you. That's what I'm going to pray for us. Uh, I hope that you'll take that, that step forward. If you want to come and pray at these altars, you're more than welcome to do that. You can wave one of our pastors over if you'd like us to pray with you. Uh, but let's see what God's going to do. Let's thank him for what he's done and let's see what God's going to do this next year. Let's pray together. God, we love you and we praise you and celebrate you. God, you are the gift of eternal life. Thank you that you sent your son Jesus into this world, not because you had to, but because you wanted to. You wanted to give us life and and redemption and resurrection and eternity for your glory. And God, we can get so very distracted and so very caught up in the bad news that we miss out that you're still on the good news. And so, Lord, we're asking two, I think, very important things for us in our walk with you. God, we ask that you would give us clarity in our memory as we look back on where you've been at work. So much, God, of the time when we're struggling to find you, we only need to look back and see that you've been with us the whole time. And so I pray that you'll just bring those memories and, and truth and reflection into our hearts and minds these next couple of weeks as we look back on a a year that was a roller coaster ride for so many of us to see that you were in all of it. And God, I pray that as we look forward that that you would receive this offering that we give. We dedicate our lives to you. Our decisions, our relationships, our paths. God, we dedicate it to you and we pray that it would point to your glory in and through our lives. I pray, God, for revival to to sweep through Getwell Church in 2022. Pray for revival to break through and, and move through our families and our workplaces and our schools, that lives would be changed, that marriages would become whole that people would fall in love with Jesus and and step into eternity. I pray, Lord, that people would find their calling and their mission for this world. God, I pray that we would center everything on you, that your Holy Spirit would be moving powerfully in and through this gathering called Getwell Church. God, all for your glory. So God, what we do right now is we put aside our list Our things that we think are important and we just come with open hands and we say, Lord, do what you want to do. Your will be done. We surrender it to you. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.